0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you are listening on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? It's pretty unbelievable that the U.S. Open had an entire Grand Slam in New York City, And it went as smooth as it did. And in this podcast, I really want to focus on that tournament in itself, because it's quite unbelievable that with everything going on right now, whether that be, you know, the coronavirus or the Black Lives Matter movement, in a city like New York City, which is known for not only being the hot spot in the early spot or in the early parts of the pandemic but also having mass protests and stuff like that also being such a diverse and large city that it is and there's been a lot of debate behind you know Andrew Cuomo who is the governor of New York and you know the mayor and everything that's going on in that city and to have the US open in that city run as smooth as it did and also raise the awareness for social justice issues around the United States that it did. Quite unbelievable. The US Open event in whole was one of the most amazing events this year that I've ever seen. And the way that it happened was so smooth and so inspiring to probably a lot of other sporting events that are probably looking at doing something similar like the US Open did, whether that be in golf or whether that be, you know, overseas in soccer, but tennis is so unique in the way that it happens. And that is, you know, 1v1, 2v2, And there's a lot of court spread over a lot of area and they can really, it's so individual that they can so socially distance and not have contact with each other other than a, you know, a tennis ball being the only point of contact between the two. But the way the U.S. Open did it this year, truly unbelievable and truly inspiring that they could have a tournament like that with the staff they did and with the players that they did and it go as smoothly as it went and i i'd venture to believe that some of the players that didn't play in the US Open might have been regretting it a little bit but i doubted the US Open as well don't don't look at me and say oh yeah he's right you know the US Open did go so smooth why would you ever doubt it i doubted the US Open and i said in a podcast a while back i don't know if i'd feel comfortable coming to new york city and playing in the US Open with everything that's happened in that city with the coronavirus and stuff even if i was from another country why would i come to the u.s right now when we got you know millions of cases and hundreds of thousands of deaths and we're gonna go to one of their biggest cities i doubted the u.s open no doubt about that but the u.s open did a phenomenal job and i'm coming out publicly now and saying i was wrong the u.s open proved me wrong and i was hoping they'd prove me wrong and they did prove me wrong what an event the usda put on in queens new york over the last three to four, to I think it was a month, actually, when you know the Cincinnati tournament, the Western Southern Open, happened there, to keep everybody safe. There was one known case that I know of, and that was uh, Bino Pierre. And for that to happen in New York City, what an accomplishment by the USTA and by the US Open Committee. Many applause, and as Rafa Nadal would say, many congratulations to you, the USTA, and the US Open. Now, let's talk about what happened on the court. Naomi Osaka and Dominic team, a round of applause. What a tournament you two had. And it was so good to see that type of tennis be played at the U.S. Open. And it's so good to see these two young stars win a Grand Slam. On Naomi's side, good to see her win another Grand Slam. On Dominic Thiem's side, how good was it to see Dominic Team win a Grand Slam? He struggled so much. He's come runner-up in three other Grand Slam finals. He's come runner-up, I believe, twice in the French Open and then once in the Australian Open. And obviously, to the Big Three, he's come up short. Um, But for him to win the U.S. Open, it was his time. And as good as have played the whole tournament, and I'll talk a little bit about the men's side here, as good as have played the whole tournament, I still want a Dominic Team to win this title. And, you know, Sverav is probably one of those players where he might not be back in that final sooner than maybe Dami will. But Dominic Team has put in his time in the tennis world, and frankly, he did deserve to win this match. Now, did he deserve to win that match the way he played? Yeah, some can argue maybe not. You know, Sverav made a lot of mistakes in that final, but Nevertheless, Dominic Team has put in his time on this tour. He's played in those big matches. He has more experience in those big matches. And unfortunately, he just can't get over the hump because of those big three. You know, because Roger's in front of him, mostly because Djokovic and Rafa are in front of him. But still, Dominic Team does deserve this title more than Alexander Sveriv. I'm going to say that. But Sveriv did play better early on in the stages, but there is times. Um, in that match, and even in the semifinal match, where Sverev was really tight. If you look at Sverev playing in the semifinal match, he was tight against Karina Busta. And he found a way to come back and win that one in five sets in the semifinals. But even in the first part of that, you could tell that I don't know if he was uncomfortable being the favorite. And that's how I think team was in the final, uncomfortable being the favorite, because these two have been the underdogs so much In the past. Now, I'm not saying in first, second, third rounds, they haven't been the underdog, but on the big stage, when you get to the quarters, the semis, the finals, stuff like that, they've always been the underdog, right? Because there's always been the big three and there's always been, you know, three or four people that have been ranked higher than them and have been better than them in the world. And so to see these guys actually be playing in a US Open final and see them make it to a final was something extraordinary. And it is definitely something to keep an eye on for the future. This is only experience they're going to take for the rest of their lives. They're young. Sveriv's 23. Dominic Team is 27. So Team definitely is older, and he's got a little bit more miles on him, but team still is fairly young compared to the other people on the tour. And so it was about time that he won a Grand Slam, and really, really good to see Dominic Team play a Grand Slam. Now, in that final, that final was amazing, by the way. Um, you could tell when Sferov came out in the first two sets, he was way more loose, and I think team was a little bit more nervous. Vice versa, to how Sverav was in the semifinal, but to see Dominic Team rally back and you could see in that third set he started to get his feet under him a little bit Um, ironically speaking because he kind of lost his legs in the fifth but to see him kind of come into himself and actually start playing and I don't know if that had to factor in the way that Sverev was kind of getting nervous around that point because he was so close to winning the title but nevertheless what a title that was on the men's side and I am so you know happy to see someone other than the big three as much as I love the big three it is really good to see somebody other than the Big 3 win a win a Grand Slam, and also two people that aren't part of the Big 3 play in a Grand Slam final. Now, let's stay on the men's side. Obviously, I want to talk about who surprised me on the men's side and who played really well on the men's side. Um, first off, Denis Shapovalov, I think you had a great tournament. And for him to play that kind of caliber of tennis at such a high level at the U.S. Open— It really shows a lot of promise in Canadian tennis and Denis Shapovalov because I think there's a lot of people I have been, I'm guilty of this myself, but a lot of people that have been high on Denis Shapovalov in the past, but he just can't get over that hump of playing great farther into Grand Slams and winning some, you know, getting closer to winning some of the big tournaments. But for him to make it to the quarters, obviously, you know, fell apart a little bit about uh, to Pablo Karina Busta, but nevertheless, good for Denis Shapovalov. He probably shouldn't have made it that far. Um, and the way he played, it's really good to see him really come into his game. But now that we're talking about Karina Busta, he really did surprise me. And obviously, there's gonna be a lot of backlash and stuff about you know Novak Djokovic um, defaulting, and that's how Karino Busta got that far. But nevertheless, Karino Busta played really good, and in my opinion, he probably shouldn't have lost that semifinal against Alexander Sferov. Now maybe nerves got the best of him, or Sferov just finally started playing like Sferov knows how to play. And that's what kind of made it fair of make the final, go five sets in the final. Nevertheless, two five-set matches in a row. But Carino Busta really surprised me. And I think he has a lot of good things ahead of him. I think this gives him a little confidence that he can play with the big dogs. And what a time in New York he had. He won the Cincy doubles title with uh, Alex de Manure and then comes back and Um, makes it to the semis for the men. What a payday he had in New York, but what a good tournament and good showing he had in Queens, New York. So let's go to the women's side, Uh, Naomi Osaka. Now let me remind you a podcast or two ago, it would have been two podcasts ago, that I picked Daniil Medvedev to win on the men's side, made it to the semis, not quite win on that side, but I did pick Naomi Osaka. I'm just reminding you that I picked Naomi Osaka to win on the women's side. I don't. I don't need you to, you know, praise me on social media and say I'm the best predictor there is. But I just want to remind you that I got this right. But Naomi Osaka, what a tournament she had! Not only on the court, but off the court, everything she's done for social justice, and um, you know, the conversation surrounding racism, uh, wearing a different name on her mask, all seven matches, and making it to all seven matches to do that, and then speaking about it publicly. Um, what a job! Naomi Osaka did this tournament. Nothing but, as Rafa would say, many, many congratulations to, many, or to Naomi Osaka, the way she handled herself and the way she did um, her business in this tournament on and off the court. Phenomenal job in the press room and phenomenal job on the court. Uh, she definitely deserved to win this tournament. Um, obviously, Azarenka had an incredible match against Serena and then had an incredible start and match. In the final against Naomi Osaka, to take out Serena the way she's been playing lately um, and the way she just hits the ball so hard and so powerful and hits her spots and is so good, the way Serena does that, really good to see Azarenka kind of bounce back onto the tennis scene, and I'm really excited to see what Victoria Azarenka does in the future. Um, A lot, a lot of good things could be coming from her, but Naomi Osaka, get your second U.S. Open title win, get you another... I don't know. I don't think they hand out rings, but it gets you another trophy from the U.S. Open, from Flushing Meadows, and what a job Naomi Osaka did in this tournament, and what a great, great thing to see on the women's side. Naomi Osaka, what an ambassador she is for the sport of tennis and for women's sports in general. She's phenomenal. Big fan of Naomi Osaka. Congratulations. Keep it going in France. Win a French Open for me. I'll have those predictions coming up in a podcast or two. On the women's side, a surprise for me. Uh, one of them is going to be Elise Mertens because Elise Mertens had a really good tournament. She obviously won doubles last year with Sabalenka, um, but this year to come back and make it all the way to uh, to the quarters and play Azarenka and obviously lost big to Azarenka. But Azarenka was playing really well. Um, but unbelievable tournament by Elise Mertens. Now the big surprise on the women's side: Jenny Brady. Jenny Brady, what a tournament! Big forehand Jenny Brady has. She lo- loses to Osaka in a three-set match in the semis, but nevertheless makes it to the semis, pockets about $800,000. Um, and she was a big storyline in this tournament. The fact that she went to college um, and didn't come straight to the pros, there were a lot of people praising that, saying she needed those years to mature and really mature her game. Um, she played under Sampras at UCLA. And the way that she's she played in the U.S. Open, the, what she showed as an American... Um, was phenomenal. She's number twenty eight in the world. Her forehand is massive. If you ever watch Jenny Brady play, watch her forehand. Unbelievable forehand. She has a really good game, and I just think Osaka was just too good in this tournament for her. But nevertheless, Jenny Brady, an unbelievable performance at the U.S. Open, an unbelievable showing, and I really hope something like this um, could carry on. A lot of good women's players from the U.S. right now in in playing in tennis. You have. You know, Coco Gauff, obviously, the Serena, the Sloan Stevens, you know, the Madison Keys. But then you look at some of the up-and-comers like uh, Sophia Kennan and Jenny Brady. There's a lot of good things coming from the women of the U.S. um, and the future of tennis. And hopefully that inspires the next generation. And You know, women coming out of the U.S. can really start taking the reins or keep the reins, I would say, of the WTA Tour. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about um, something... Things that are coming up right now, obviously, everybody's going over to you know Rome and France to play in some more tournaments leading up to the French Open. News, Rafael Nadal seems to be playing in the French Open as of right now. He's playing in the lead-up tournament to the U.S. Open in Rome, and there's actually a lot of people playing in that tournament. Um, the draw looks pretty powerful. Number one seed is Djokovic. He's in that. Uh, Nadal's the number two seed, sitsi is the number three seed, you know, Gaffine, Fagnini, um, I mean, Taylor Fritz, Manfis, Berrettini, Vavrenka, FAA. It looks like all the players that didn't play in the US Open will be playing in this tournament, except for Roger Federer. Obviously he's not playing until 2021, but nevertheless, the French Open is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Rafa's back in it. Uh, Manfis is back in it. Vavrenka's back in it. Um, and then you got guys, obviously, like Djokovic and some of the ones that played really good in New York that are coming off good showings at the U.S. Open. Right now, they already played the first round. Djokovic is through. Uh, Nishikori's through. Nishikori's playing in this tournament after having some struggles with COVID-19 in New York. Uh, Guy Almanfis is in it. Berrettini won first round. Gaffin, Fognini, Dimitrov, Yannick Sinner, Tsitsipas, Schwartzman, um, Karina Busta will play Nadal next round. A lot, a lot of good players playing in in this tournament in Rome, and something to look forward to with the French Open. Now, the French Open will be played soon. Uh, The French Open is on the 27th of October. Um, There's only a few tournaments before that, but it probably looks like this might be their last tournament. Um, Some of the big players, this might be their last tournament before they have to play in the French, which I don't blame them, but... A lot of good tennis coming. This is kind of the fall that we were expecting with everything with COVID. And it's about time we got some tennis back. And it's about time we got some really good players playing good again. So the return of tennis, successful in my eyes. Now they're overseas playing across the pond. And keep an eye on tennis over there in Europe. Because Rome's going to be really good. And then once they get to Paris, it's going to be so good. I've heard that they're going to have fans of the French Open. I can't confirm that. I'll keep you updated on that in the next week or so when we get to some more podcasts. But nevertheless, really looking forward to the French Open. The U.S. Open was unbelievable. So happy I could watch a majority of it. Um, And I cannot wait to see some of these young players do great things in the future and hopefully win a few more Grand Slams. But, you know, I'm still rooting for Roger to maybe win the most ever. So let's just keep... Keep that in mind. Hopefully, Roger can do that. Uh, Thanks for listening today. If you want to sponsor, at Believe.com or reach out to at Believe Podcast, B-L-E-A-V, Believe Podcast. You want to reach out to me, at Jacobs or Sossimo, C-E-R-S-O-S-I-M-O. Thanks for listening. Stay safe out there. Wear a mask if you need to. And please, please, please stay healthy as we make it through these difficult times. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. And good luck out there. Watch some tennis.